Why, hello there. This is DJ Art of the High Score 510 Podcast. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to our show. Second of all, I want to remind you with a shameless plug of our Patreon page. Join our growing community and help support an indie podcast. The perks of being a patron, you ask? Number one, you'll get our weekly quick hitters. Number two, you'll get feature conversations that are too hot for our regular show. And number three, we cannot leave out number three, why Jesus will bless you. So go check out patreon.com backslash highscore510. And for the price of a tall pumpkin spice latte, you can help Captain P-Funk finally afford that Merlot Broham he's been wanting ever since he saw it in the Great White Hype. Regardless of which, we appreciate your support and hope you enjoy the show. You are listening to High School 510. Yeah, come, come on, tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself. Like Robert said, I'm that little bit of hope when my back's against the ropes. Yeah, I made it. I'm the world's greatest. So Robert Kelly really inspired me, you know, to go out there. And <laughs> when you set your eyes on something, you go for it. You know, you you, you go straight to the target. You pee, I'm, you, I mean, you go and you aim at the target. And my target is success. Everything I do has to be precise. Precise. Everybody say precise. 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 Nick, say it, nigga. The pro, pro, project. Get this nigga a magic moment. This magic moment. Nigga can't say shit right. <laughs> the way you speak is not precise. It's not on point. I drink, I drink water, I moisturize my lips or something. I, you, you over there fumbling and stumbling on your damn lips. Remember, you black. Get used to your lips. To the Walski. From the windows to the Walski. Coach Jared. Mosky Walski. It's been a long time. It's too it long, is. man. Too early to get ignorant. Too early to get ignorant? Come on, man. It ain't never too early, especially, especially with people you work with. <laughs> Lace front show that. <laughs> I can't believe that. That had me dying. <laughs> Oh, Paul. Hey, what's up, Paul? Last time he was on the show, Paul, we both was right there where Jared is right now. Yeah, we was in the cabin. That was when we were... That was when I was tired as hell. Um, so we got today uh, Robin Hood. Paul's our uh, a financial expert that's going to help us uh, explain uh, that. I know, Kamal, you you, you be playing in them, in them stocks, right? And yeah. so, uh, and then also we got uh, Apple is coming out with a Black History Month uh, Apple Watch. Uh, so that's <laughs> enough. BHM and watches. God damn, Black History must have been exploded. That's I need you, I fucking capitalism, knows. right? I know. I need yeah. y'all. I need y'all to look up Black Unity Apple Watch. Y'all oh, go ahead. <laughs> Ed, shout out to Ed sponsorship. He sent that to me earlier this week. Who did? Ed sent me sent me something <laughs> on Instagram talking about it. I might need to drop mm. a deuce in the middle of this conversation, so just bear with deuces. me. Deuces! Dropping one of them cabin deuces, man. man. That's, those dope deuces be hurting, man. Man, this is a rough deuce. Do you be in there cold, got to throw antifreeze in the toilet. Exactly. 
Antifreeze in the toilet. Antifreeze in the toilet. <laughs> gotta keep the water from freezing. Antifreeze in the toilet. <laughs> well, uh, this is gonna be our first Black History Month episode. It's uh, officially Black History Month, so. No, it's not. Today it's January thirty first. Thirty first. This is it. coming out in February, so in an extra day. <laughs> Come on, wait a <laughs> Paul said we made it. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, Jared, see that? That see you? You messing up my 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 rap, man. For Black History yeah. Month, we ain't supposed to be oh, starting yeah. February sixth. Ooh, and in honor of Black History Month, we're gonna celebrate with bringing back a reprisal of our friend JD Manning, Pedro's favorite pastor. And cheap. <laughs> man, Jared in there getting served up. I'm about it to must eat be up. Black History Month. It's Black, hey, man. Shout out to Black you History Month. Waffle House? I got a beautiful white man serving me breakfast. It you look like you had a log cabin. Uh, and he bringing me hot sauce and paper towels. The butter this, biscuits are delicious. <laughs> see, all you gotta do, all you gotta do is talk hey, like JD Manning. Talk like JD Manning, and you get your own white servant. Yeah, hey, give me one of them white servants. I need a white servant right now. How you get one of them? Those butter biscuits. The last time I seen a white guy serve a black dude is when he was the black dude was in jail. Yeah, he stuck the dish. He stuck the dish through a little hole in the door. Slow down on the hot sauce, shit. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry ain't gonna be able to taste those eggs. Now, now just to let you guys all know, Jerry yelled at me for years for eating on the show, and this motherfucker got a plate in his hand. Now he got a <laughs> fucking Denny's breakfast. The <laughs> butter biscuits are hot and warm. Well, we're gonna talk about some baseball <laughs> later. It's the, it's the Do you remember when Denny's used to be good? You when remember that? that? When the old white ladies was on the commercial during the nineties. Yep, during the nineties, early nineties, Denny's was actually remember they was known for being racist in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why all black people still kept going there. It's pancakes, delicious. They were. 199, are you out of your mind? It used to be so much better. 199, it was crazy. And then all of a sudden, it became trash. Right around the time J-Kid J hit that car while drunk in the Emeryville Denny's. That's when they had a smoking section. Burning crosses in your pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, they put a cross in my, with the blueberry pancakes. They put a cross in it. Put put the hot saucer on it. I'm like, hey man, yes, we put hot sauce on this cross on my pancake. It's flaming. They burnt it. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's get started. Uh, Mosky, I need a letter. K. K. <laughs> Cucamonga. Cracker killers. Mm. Crackhead. Coo. Or colonizer. Crispy crunchy chicken. Crispy crunchy kitchen. <laughs> My favorite. Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score 510 podcast. You can catch us at High Score 510 on the Instagram, the YouTube, and the Twitter, or the .com. Please check us out. Also, email the show at highscore510.fans at gmail.com. And check out our Patreon page. Uh, join our growing community. We even have a family member of one of our guests today. This has become part of our Patreon family. So shout out to Strong on Science sponsorship. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com backslash highscore510. Aside from that, we are here with... Uh, this is Aaron Grayson, also known as AG3, coming at you faster than Toys R Us, opening and then reclosing their stores. You can't even hold on to Harlem! <laughs> That Jared sound like Jared in the mood today. Uh, <laughs> and we are here with 
Uh, hey, everybody, it's Captain P-Funk, everybody's family captain. Um, unemployed right now because I'm under protocol. Is that why you're wearing a mask while lying in bed? <laughs> yes. He's wearing a mask in church. Well, I'm, I'm wearing this mask just in case they, they find me on uh, on computer and I'm not wearing a mask because they did call my house. You are in your house, though. They can't get. Yeah, they can't, they yeah, can't be like, hey, no. man, we're going to fire him. He, we got him not wearing a mask in his yeah, bedroom. Exactly. So right. I'm just I'm just I'm just following so I can get my unemployment check. I know you don't like it, but you need to stop shucking and jiving. We got a problem. <laughs> hey, you got a problem. And we are here with the one and only Mr. Mosky Wosky. I'm back and I'm black. Ain't nothing changed. Oh, and one more thing. I'm the Troy Aikman of this game. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm trying to figure out how that relevant. <laughs> black people. Let me tell y'all something. If y'all don't ever hear me say preach again, they can kill me tomorrow. But let me tell you something. We're not going to ever get anywhere until we look into the mind of a black man. He doesn't think correctly. I don't care what he is. He can be a doctor. He can be an astrophysicist. The nigga ain't got no sense. <laughs> don't ever follow me with this <laughs> questionable preacher. <laughs> <laughs> He said he could be an astro. Man. He didn't finish the he word. No <laughs> he could be an astro. He ain't got no sense. Who was he talking about? Was he talking about Obama? No, the black, the black man. Oh, he's just oh. real. He's just real. No black man. My that shit's scary. <laughs> and we are here with our special financial correspondent, Paul Street Bets. Diamond hands, <laughs> we're holding to the moon. Rocket ship emojis all oh, day. Hell, oh yeah, eight strong together. <laughs> all right, here we go. The most the black people have ever done, they did it here in America under white people's help. When they were in Africa, they didn't do nothing. Yep, he, that, he approves that. Paul approves yeah, yeah. that. Paul this is how you starting off. This is how you starting <laughs> off black like history. Three thumbs up. <laughs> He said, when I speak, play that. Ah, you can say what you but you can't prove me wrong. Oh, man. I, I've learned the most racial slurs from this show. Just don't want to let you guys know. <laughs> from Jared. That's how it is, Paul. That's how it is. Mind of Jared. There's something wrong with the black man's mind. There's something wrong with his mind. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> Good and my Lord. name is Jared, a.k.a. DJ Art, with two T's for a double dose of that tink tink. The D is silent, so it's just Jart. The worst thing that could ever happen to South Africa was when they gave it to Nelson Mandela and black folk. That was a great nation. Now, notwithstanding apartheid was wrong, we all know it's wrong, I'm against it. There should have been some other resolution, though, than turning it over to Nelson Mandela. Disease, AIDS, and crime is running wild in Johannesburg. They're killing one another over there. They're dying of sickness. The government is mismanaged. The people who ran the nation are now leaving the nation because black folk don't know how to run no nation. And you're playing this on a Sunday. Hey, Jared, tell us how you really feel, man. <laughs> Jared Sanders, the Donald Trump MAGA leader of this game. Yeah, I don't understand this, Jared. You're trying to promote black history. I'm, I'm, black trying to, I'm trying to start my own movement. It's called Proud Boys in the Hood. Um, and uh, we're going we gonna to see where that goes. I thought you were going for a, a Black Ben Shapiro thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Black Ben Shapiro, too. <laughs> 
Oh, Ben Shapiro, man. That's my boy, though. Shout out, sponsor. Shout out to Ben Shapiro, sponsorship. Come on our show. Wow. We gotta we're gonna play a game today. We're gonna oh, do shit. we're gonna do a, a, a hybrid of crackhead coon or colonizer. Oh my and nigga, negro, or necromancer. Wait, how can you do both? That's when you thought it got worse. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody doing today? I am blessed and highly favored on this Sunday. Uh, you played Pastor Manning, and it really spoke to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mosky, man, we haven't had you on in a while. It's good to have you back. Uh, how's life been for you? Any new things? Any new things occurring in your life? Oh, man. I just made loads of money switching to Paul Street Bets. Sponsorship. Man, he bought he bought 20, 20 shares of Sobe, 10 shares of Quibbly, and five of the WNBA. If I could, I would. But instead, I bought 20 shares of AMC. <laughs> and Blackberry. That's, that's not a bad. And then I added 80 more. I heard, I heard you got 15 shares of Zoom. With a mental price target of 100. Let's make it go. Let's make it work. Did you buy shares in Zoom, too, while you were at it? Zoom? It's too high for me right now. The zoom, zoom is zoom. too damn high. <laughs> oh, and uh, we got Paul here. Paul, how's how's Paul Street Bets going for you? How's how's that life uh, treating it, you? It, it's good, man. We're up forty uh, percent all year. Mm-hmm. It's been cruising, <laughs> and uh, with this GameStop debacle, we're looking at a minus fifteen on our donation to High Score Five One Out. I don't know what oh, that man. means, but I hope it's you good. guys owe me money. Oh, I, oh. I tell you this, I tell you this, Paul. I was trying to find Paul Street Bets on Reddit. But I kept getting stopped at the Reddit pages that said mixed race girls and only. And <laughs> hey they're the top posts. I can't help it. You kept saying top 0.01%. <laughs> well, I guess let's get into, into some news. Some news this week. Um, in news this week, Robinhood, the trading app, is catching a lot of flack for stifling the people's power. If you don't know, Paul Street Bets and Reddit, what was the Wall Street Bets Reddit page users, shut down Wall Street. Um, essentially, uh, the Reddit users bought a bunch of shares in GameStop stock on a short that several hedge funds were trying to profit off of. This then caused those hedge, fund, hedge funds to lose a lot of money, apparently. We don't really know how it works, but we heard one, at least one hedge fund <laughs> went bankrupt. So since we don't know anything about the uh, Wall Street thing, we brought on a beautiful white man and the CEO of Paul Street Bets to explain exactly what happened. So, uh, Paul, can you explain where did it all start? What is it that exactly happened with this Reddit revolution? So basically, these hedge funds took a bet against GameStop that they were going to lose money. Mm-hmm. And so they shorted the stock, which means they borrowed it, sold it at a high price, expecting to buy it back at a much cheaper price, mm-hmm. and then keeping that profit in between. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing this for basically a year. They essentially shorted 140% of the company. So they borrowed shares double and sold them off to try and profit off of it. So Wall Street bets the Reddit forum has some wacky characteristics, but some of them are clever enough. And they spotted that the uh, the hedge fund had overshorted GameStop and had exposed themselves to 
a significant amount of potentially infinite risk, uh, which means that if the price of GameStop kept going up, that they would be on the hook to cover between zero to whatever the max price got to. So that kind of picked up steam on, on Reddit, became a meme, and uh, it just picked up. It was, it was all about supply and demand um, and how with 140% of the shares borrowed and sold, that if people just held on to them, it would naturally squeeze the price up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd force these hedge funds to pay exorbitant prices for their shares to cover and to mitigate some of the losses they were making on this uh, bet that went bad. So borrowing, how does borrowing work? They didn't have to pay the per- the people that own the, the original GameStop shares. They were able to just like, give us your shares and we'll sell them for you. And then we'll sell them back to you at a lower value. So this is where the fun comes in. So when you borrow the shares, you sign a contract with the person that lent it to you where you'll pay interest on that. So every day that they're holding the shares, it is costing them money to have borrowed it. Mm-hmm. So the longer they wait, the more money they'll owe. And as the price goes up, they'll owe more money on it. Um, and so it's compounding and it grows exponentially, you know, it just balloons and okay. the longer it holds. So you'll hear the term short squeeze a lot over the mm-hmm. next week. Mm-hmm which is that action of everyone else is holding their shares and restricting supply, but all these hedge funds need to buy those shares. They to need to buy them back. And to stop their losses. Okay. It, so is it, it's an interest rate based on the value of the stock at the time, or is it an interest rate on, based so on that agreement? So that's not, that's not really the important part of this. That's mm-hmm. just the contractual obligation. If they renege on that and don't fulfill that, they could go to prison. So that's, oh. like, that's, that's like the hard Ooh. line. They need to finish these contracts. That's why Wall Street Bets, the forum, is super excited to go to the moon. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they're, they're super excited to have these diamond hands. You know, it's, it's just such a weird mm. and like once, once in a generation thing is happening right now. It's pretty crazy. Paul, how can we find out which hedge funds involved? Because I need the hedge fund to own my building. I need them to be involved and them to go to prison so maybe they could sell it to someone that knows how to come in here and fix some fucking blinds. <laughs> On a hood squeeze. <laughs> On a hood squeeze. They squeeze me right now. Exactly. I mean, turf squeeze. So they can fix some blinds and have someone sweep out in front of this damn apartment building. No, I think I think the Russians own your apartment building, Aaron. No, nah, if they yeah. did, they would have slit some throats. They wouldn't be letting people shit in front of apartment building. <laughs> now it's a hedge fund to keep buying all this West Oakland property for some reason. Oh yeah, it's probably had that dude on the news crying. This is an attack on wealthy people. Oh, I love that. That was like (laughs) oh yeah, that's part of the whole thing. Exactly. That just galvanized everyone against you. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. They're like, you can't just do this and that. And I'm like, it's a free market. Y'all be like, deregulate, deregulate. This is what it's about. The thing is, so like a lot of these hedge funds have public reporting requirements, so that information is kind of out there. It's just you need to have access to it like you need bloomberg news and all that kind of you gotta know where to look basically that's it and uh so what happened was they kind of democratically look at these uh companies and stocks and the only difference between them and these private companies is that they're willing to put it out there in the open and have people talk about yeah. it mm-hmm. like, that's what they're upset about is that it was democratic and everyone saw it and everyone could get involved in it and part of what they do is they use that that media they use that same 
openness to hype up stocks and get people to want to buy it so they can sell it at a different race yeah, too. So, uh, so I don't know if you you remember Martin Shkreli, the uh, farmer bro. Oh, that douchebag. He was a big, huge Wall Street bets user back in the day. Mm. So what you're seeing happen is similar to what he did to take over some companies, mm-hmm. but he had enough money that he could do it on his own. He was mm. essentially his own hedge fund. But it just shows who you kind of piss off will determine how much trouble you get in. So we'll see what happens here. So right now, these hedge funds haven't been able to buy back the stock that they need to buy back to close the deal with the who they borrowed from. Yeah, and, so that's so okay. that's where you're seeing Robinhood get involved and okay. all those trading platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the back end of all that, you'll have the hedge funds are invested in by clearing houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. which are also invested in the trading apps. Mm-hmm. So there's a connection there behind the scenes that's not very open and public. But what Robinhood did was restrict trading on their app. So one, you couldn't buy GameStop shares at all. All you could do was sell, which mm-hmm. inherently is going to drive the price down. Nothing shady there. So how do you lock them out from buying a share if it's on the market? Because they have to use the most people that were buying them, Pedro, would have to go through the app Robinhood. Like people like, you know, like Kamal, who over there buy AMC through the app. (laughs) So wait a minute, you can open up an app and just just say and buy stocks in it and it's regulated from the market from anybody else seeing it. They made it easy. That's what I use Tinder for, Pedro. It's like Tinder for money, man. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tinder for money. Pretty much. <laughs> Wait, but everybody can use about well, everybody can use Tinder. Uh, you can date off of Tinder. Uh you just Same backdoor way. through Facebook. 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 What's Facebook? <laughs> oh damn. Facebook. That sounds like some that dark web crazy. shit, Pedro. Yeah, I want to stay called Facebook. <laughs> These truckers. Hey, Epstein, Hillary Clinton, we all no. want it. All Trump. we do is we just fuck faces. That's all we do. <laughs> Trump I don't wanted. know what platform uh, Aaron's using for the hood squeeze because he's holding the rent as long as he can to the moon. <laughs> That's what a hood squeeze is, man. <laughs> just not paying rent. rent. I'm, try, I'm, I'm hoping Wall Street best do the hood squeeze off these hedge funds that own half of West Oakland. To address Pedro, what they're doing is 100% illegal. Like they are, should theoretically be so screwed because of what they've done. Like mm-hmm. free market access to stocks, not being able to sell, buy, whatever. It's insane, unheard of that that, that, that happened. So then and they're going to investigate it, right? They're going to, they got a class action lawsuit. You have AOC, you have Ted Cruz, you have Trump Jr. all on the same side on this. Right. Every, everyone is mad about it. Man, it brought the country oh. together. See, See what money did. Robin Hood, Wall Street Best brought the country together faster than Biden could in the first first couple of days. <laughs> so you tell me Robin Hood is not the hero we wanted, but the hero we needed? And that's what it was. It's <laughs> Robin Hood taken from the rich. We fucking stole from people. Yeah. So from the poor, uh, they did that well, they, at first they were stealing from the rich, and then it sounded like they started stealing from the poor. <laughs> <laughs> He's in over his head. What people don't understand about Rob. Robin Hood is how they make their money. Mm-hmm. So they sell your trade information to high frequency trading firms so they can front run any trade that you make. So oh, if you're like, I'm going to buy a hundred million Apple stocks, some high frequency trading firm will get that information and make a trade based on that information. And like, that's how they're making their money. Off the jump, that sounds illegal. So where in the regulation did, did they find a loophole for that? Yeah, it's, who's the regulations in this game? 
Who <laughs> wrote what? the regulations? What in the Zuckerberg is going on? Uh, it's it's a it's criminal, lads. Like it's criminal. So would you tell someone like Pedro with the Crenshaw education, not a, not a not a high school Crenshaw education? I no, no. Hey, hey, wait, wait, hold on, now, hold on. You gonna get my education right? If you gonna talk about me, get my education right. I have a Crenshaw. I have a Crenshaw night school education. Damn it. <laughs> would you tell him it's better that he invest or to save his money and just keep bootlegging shit on TV like he normally does? Get education. <laughs> um, don't fucking touch GameStop at all. Hold okay. on to that money. Put it under your mattress. You were saying that they 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 borrowed more stocks than were actually available, right? Uh-huh. So yeah, that so if they had just borrowed the like the actual number of stocks, then they probably wouldn't be in as deep a water as they are currently. It, it, ex exactly, because they have so many of these contracts outstanding just basic supply and demand unless everyone sells at the same time they're not going to be able to get through it like you'll see um on robin hood when they kind of did that shady stuff with the with the trading that they restricted yeah. um after hours you saw a lot of the hedge funds inter trade those stocks at a lower value between them like the same like five or six thousand shares but at a deflated value to trick the algorithms and the and the graphs to show this big decline in price and try to scare the regular investors mm -hmm. to sell as well mm -hmm. so that you couldn't buy more but you could see your price was dropping like crazy because they were and you can and you could sell and that was all they let you do okay that's fair i'm still trying to figure out how are they able to borrow more shares than actually exist though they, they shouldn't have. That's where the big trouble is going to come in. So like it's slightly reminiscent of the 08 shorting the economy back then, the big short kind of stuff. But there's supposed to be SEC regulations. Like what they did is technically illegal, but they still got to do it. So there mm. should have been guardrails in place. Yeah, We're going to have to yeah. find out. Like this is all private stuff that these things don't Somebody share, right? get Nick Saban on the line because we know he run the SEC. We need to figure out wow. who gave the green light to allow this kind of shenanigans to go on. Because we know the SEC all about that football, but I did not know that they was all about that regulation either. They need a congressional so, hearing, man. Last time I was on a congressional hearing, I had to show up there uh, on Congress and act like I didn't speak English. And that's why I started lightening my skin. <laughs> from Cuba. That's why I had to change my name to Air Grayson III away from Sammy Sosa. <laughs> when, they, when they had me up there, I started acting like I was from Africa. Like, I, was, <laughs> I was like, he showed up where he showed up wearing some a, Zulu traditional Zulu fit. Had, had no like, shirt. I had no shirt on in the thong. He showed up oh, in the cold uh, during wintertime on a congressional hearing. <laughs> but Aaron, ain't you a supporter of GameStop? Don't you love their business model? Don't you love selling a sixty dollar game and getting two dollars back? <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why I still got a house full of PlayStation One games and PlayStation Two. I was I caught I caught wind of their game a long time ago when I tried to sell a game. Airway for the bounce back, hoping to see if they can uh, see see if those uh, games become some kind of collector's items. <laughs> got my own squeeze involved. I sell my shit straight to Brazil. <laughs> hey, last time Aaron was in Congress, uh, they asked him this. Do you like teenage girls? When you say teenage, how are we talking? <laughs>
That's just wrong. Yeah, that is wrong. I was going to say something. I'm talking about, I'm comparing myself <laughs> to Sammy Sosa. I feel like he couldn't speak English. And you're going to sit here and play R. Kelly talking about teenage girls when we talk about t- teenage <laughs> No, How actually, he did say that. He did say that. He did say this, though. I'm fighting for my f- life. <laughs> That's the most hilarious interview ever, man. Hey, what is GameStop really worth, though? What, what should it be really worth? About $2. No, so it's, it's like 40, 50, 60 bucks. Like just based on be. the revenue and uh, and all that shit, just straight out the gate, the business is worth that much, and that's yeah. where it kind of the whole issue came in because they brought in like one of the founders of Chew, I think, came in and, and is on their board now. They're moving to a whole e-commerce like business model. There was a legitimate reason for the conflict between shorting and buying, but it was just blown out of proportion on the hedge fund side. My eBay store is worth about forty five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so to wrap it all up. Um, should Robinhood be basically, you know what I'm saying, highly sanctioned slash uh, to the class action lawsuit uh, be vindicated by the courts? And then um, what should happen to these hedge funds uh, in, the, in the end? Robinhood should be absolutely nuked into the ground and should never exist after this, like just straight away. It's so shady. You're going to cause an insurrection with that rhetoric. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's only a riot when I say it. <laughs> this should be nuked, man. I was listening to High Score. They taught me to do it. <laughs> Going to Menlo Park and tearing it down. Generating investors, bro. Going to the park, you have to say, where, where are we going to insurrect? Game, game stop and reveal it already closed down. Game stop and reveal it already closed down. El Dorito Plaza just kicking glass. Remember it was Funko Land? Yeah, I remember it was Funko Land. Kicking glass and shells over. Hard to cut you off, sir. But your your insurrection rhetoric, you know, you gotta watch out. So Robin Hood should be done with. They should be. They should not exist after this. Like they're they're trying to IPO. Oh, they are? Oh, bad like there, there's a lot of talk about IPO for them and I can see that being a big no-no anytime yeah. soon. Um, but what's going to happen is you're probably going to have someone like Elizabeth Warren coming in, calling for a lot more regulation. Probably some... Uh, Regulators. You know, She's the right person to do it, man. She's trying to regulate barbershops. Barbershops <laughs> in uh, Native America. You got to have a standard fade, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're going to see a lot of that and like I, I i'm not sure how it's gonna turn out because you know america hashtag america whoever can throw enough money at the problem can make it go away the most basically well, well can they this figure it out after i get my profit <laughs> <laughs> i'm in hands man hold that shit shout out to all the people being screwed over in wall street that work for the headstone sponsorship um y'all probably broke now so if y'all need to sponsor you we can give you um, a pack of andy's and some smart water to support you in these hard times. I'll take Andy's over that almond roca. <laughs> hey, but like just weeks ago, Mike Pence was on TV talking about they want to make rich people poor and poor people comfortable. <laughs> you just sound like a devil, boy. All this shit is happening. Do you hear yourself? Dude, it's, it's, it's the, it is the capitalist um, manifesto. Keep poor people um, from being comfortable. You can you can manipulate them. Yeah, it's like manipulating <laughs> the market, man. You manipulate the market. You get them poor people. They'll do your bidding. They fighting, fighting for their fucking life. Fight for my life. What? 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 Michael B. Jordan. Jordan.
Aaron, Michael B. Jordan has decided to try his hand as a hedge fund manager while banging it out with Lori Harvey. Shout out sponsorship. What would Michael B. Jordan do? Yeah. You know, I'm out here trying to audition and play the role and get into my method acting as a Wall Street hedge fund manager. So I'm going to take some of these stocks off your hands. Repeat after me. Isn't that what they were doing in what was that movie, Leonardo DiCaprio? Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. That's all he'll do. He'll be doing the same thing. Leonardo start beating his chest. So he wouldn't know what song to hum. He'll be humming some, I don't know, Temptation song or something. Yes. Temptations by by Leon. I hope that's my only Michael B. Jordan reference of the day. We'll see. We'll find out. Key ball. David Ruffin, crackhead, coon, or colonizer? <laughs> Just kidding. That's the wrong question. Uh, <laughs> I mean, depending on what part of his life. Yeah, I'm going to go with crackhead. Yeah. Well, in honor of Black History Month, Apple wants to make sure they are representing in solidarity. And we spell solidarity with a dollar sign at the front. No. They have come out with a brand new Apple Watch no. celebrating Black unity for Black History Month. I I'd love it. it. I'd wear it. Both wrists doing the Wakanda sign. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they made it for. Come on. <laughs> That's such a fucking lazy design. You beat me <laughs> to it. I was like, they could have did this way better, especially with the way that their stuff looks. They could have just made an all black one. It looked exactly like the Apple Watch I got on, except for the band, which you can easily change the colors of. I'm surprised they don't have, this is the only skin they have. They don't have one that's in a uh, pack of coals. How much does it cost them to produce this whole black history thing? Um, I am not certain. I know that they are going to be donating some of the proceeds to uh, black rights uh, organizations. Um, no, they should know the, the, the cost of the whole project. Oh, the cost all to make yeah, all that it, should it, be the donation. It and didn't make some stickers that, that are red, black, come and green on, or something. This it, is some bullshit. It did not cost them that much to produce it. We know all it cost them was a couple of long ass and quick swings of the bamboo to the back of some Chinese oh workers' back. And that's how they produce that shit. <laughs> like, oh, we saved in cost, man. We go, we hired Bolo and he was just hitting the shit out of him in the factory with the bamboo sticks. <laughs> they we say, save money making this watch. They say it's going to have black energy etched into the back crystal. And then it will also have on the band, it says truth, power, solidarity etched in its enclosure. Man, you know how many times I've never looked underneath this watch? I just realized I need to clean the shit out of it. Wow. A lot of white people are going to buy this watch. Damn. Uh, <laughs> That's 100% what's going to happen. Uh, they say they're going to support six global organizations that support Fix equality <laughs> and civil rights. Black Lives Matter Support Fund, the Tides via the Tides Foundation, European Network Against Racism, International Institute on Race, uh, Equality and Human Rights, and a leadership conference education fund for the and and then the NCAA legal defense and education fund and so products are racist. They cost too damn much. The price <laughs> tags is racist. I hope I hope I ain't got no problem with that. I ain't got no when Apple was at its best is when its products was even more expensive. I'll be honest. I like the product, the product, but but the prices, good lord. I, I thought come on, I'm the opposite of you. I thought it was better before. To me, they 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 prices got too cheap now. Before Steve they were hiring products. And you know what? 
All you have to do is save. Look, I didn't make a lot of money. I bought my first Apple computer. I ain't gonna discuss, but I paid cash. And it, I saved up a long time to get it. I hope one of those organizations they donate to uh, can help Marcus Rashford keep those races off his Instagram. You know, I kind of, I kind of enjoy. It. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, take something that's typically bought by beautiful white people and people who got money, and they're gonna uh, Trojan horse the money back to, uh, you know, uh, good Trojan. causes. You act like ain't no black people buying Apple too, man. Mm. Oh, you are. You're the only one I know. Go outside, you see a homeless person with the iPhone in his hand, dude. <laughs> like homeless person. I'm just hoping that every time, like if I got this watch, yeah. I just want to know if if when when I get like a text message, if my alert will sound like this. Davis, us free. Then I'll buy it. I'll buy that <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, that's so the I'm thing. Go, I wanted to come with some, some special shit. <laughs> I wanted to come as a special Sam. It's gonna be the new secret code watch, though. You're gonna walk by a white person, they're gonna look at you and they're gonna be like, put their wrist up. Like, I, knew, I stand that's in solidarity with you, that's brother. That's that new solidarity. Uh, yes. Apple, Apple watches forever. Hey, hey, hours. easy now. Easy now, brother. Don't rob me. Put <laughs> <laughs> that wrist up. It's well, gonna be very popular amongst oh Caucasians, I, though. I'm gonna tell you that. I guess I enjoy that, um, you know, th that Black History Month is being fully engaged and uh, what is it? Um, what's the word? Uh, until uh, March. Fully exploited. engaged until March. Exploited. Exploited. exploited out of solidarity for the next month. That's how next... you know you made it. When your <laughs> hey, shit get exploited, I... you made it. Hey, look, I'm offended by this. Paul, if they go into next month with the Irish watch, I'll be right there marching next to you. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> But I heard if you go to the Apple store with your birth certificate, you could get it for $28 if it say like black or Negro or something like that. On your birth certificate. Then I need, my dad's birth certificate say that. I need to send them that. I also got his wrong name on that shit too. <laughs> Damn Alabama. That's what happened yeah. when you're born uh, in your house you were raised in. I got, hey, I got well, siblings that got Negro on their birth certificate. And they That's were born in uh, Louisiana. That's what happened when you were born in your house. Hey, it, it could be like my birth certificate. Don't even have my dad's real name because he was trying to get that uh, get that child support taken off of him. God damn! <laughs> the Sapphire Paul. That's a true story. Yeah, Man, your father was a hustler. I wish I could have just learned a couple of lessons from him. You still gonna get the twenty eight dollar discount though at the at the Apple Store? <laughs> Why don't they just sell the band separately, just as the Apple Band? Bands will make a dance. Exactly. Because you know Apple, Aaron, you said that the magic of Apple is that they will always come out with something new and the trendy people will want to get the new thing. Now it's a trend. I like the before it was a trend. Like when it's, when, like remember, remember Jared, when I, when you said, what did you say when you first met me? When I broke out my phone to get your contact info about work. Damn, you a high tech Negro. He said, he said I was the first black person he saw with the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> All the white people with BLM signs in their front yard are going to buy this, uh, Wow. That's good, man. Hey, man, support, man. Every what? time I drive down the street and I see houses with like Black Lives Matter signs or or You're Welcome Here signs, like I know that white people live in this neighborhood. Dude, that should be the so new that punch crowd. Is going to really that could be the new Wait, punch. Hold on, hold on, hold on, come on. I gotta ask you something. You 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 got you got white folks that have uh, Black Lives Matter signs in front of their house. Shit. Come on down oh, here babe. to Arizona. You're not gonna see that. Come on down here. To that sound like I don't want to come. <laughs> come, come on down here to Arizona. Arizona. It's still Trump 2020 around here, buddy. 
You ain't never been to Portland. If you've been to Portland, Pedro, there's more Black Lives Matter sign in Portland than there is Black people. <laughs> yeah, no, right. damn. Remember, Cherry? Actually, kinda, I counted more Black Lives funny. Matter signs than I saw Black people until I went in front of that one liquor store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you this, Pedro. I made a game that I was playing with my uh, family uh, off of Black Lives Matter signs. We were playing. We made that to the new punch buggy, and then we drove through Portland. And I end up looking like Rihanna after being in a car with Chris Brown. Come on. <laughs> you drive through white neighborhoods, Paul. And if you see it in a house, in front of a house, you get to punch somebody. I don't know if we have true racial equality is if uh, I can get my iPhone and my text message uh, notifications say this. In sports, this past week was the one year anniversary of the Kobe Bryant uh, fatal uh, helicopter crash where eight other people, including him, or nine people, total, eight other people died. Um, a year later, a year removed, even after how crazy 2020 was, was there anything that was cemented or crystallized in your understanding or your recognition of his legacy now that we're a year removed? Who wants to start this conversation? Not I, because I ain't going to say nothing that's going to make people happy. So I'm just going to get my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a Debbie Downer. Uh, I'm not trying. Look, look, man, we at a time point. Yes, Kobe, legacy, died, basketball. Yes, blah, blah, blah. Enter all those, enter in whatever, admit to you. But for me, it's just hard because, look, man, th- over 3 million people died worldwide since, Co- <laughs> since Kobe's died, right? 3 million people died to COVID worldwide. Uh, in the United States alone, half a million people have died. We know people who have family members who have this. So it's kind of I like, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm having a hard time myself to structure when I'm watching basketball and I'm trying to watch a game and seeing all these guys crying and all this or doing different legacies. I'm like, man, there's a lot of people dying right now. I'm really having a hard time to pinpoint just one death. Like after that death, we just went through a lot. There's legacies. There's a lot of legacies being left behind right now. Mm-hmm. Was that right before? So in March is when everybody was like, everything shut down because of Rome. Mark, was that, was that right before that? March 14th. Remember, our last day at work was March, thir- was March 13th, Friday the yeah. 13th. And then and Kobe was, died in January. Kobe died in January 26th. I guess for me, like, the thing that I'll take away is that, uh, you know what I'm saying, none of these players are built like Kobe, though. That's one thing. You know what I'll tell you? Kobe would have been advocating, like, put us in that bubble. I want to eat all your hearts in a bubble. We play a whole season in a bubble, I'm going to eat your heart for a whole season. Versus a lot of these schools can barely get through a goddamn week without getting, you know what I'm saying, trace trace protocols where they got to motherfucking be all about, you know what I'm saying, now you can't play. Club eating wings. Yeah, yeah. I decided to go to to Denny's so I can get my my crosses burning, my pancakes, and see this side chick, and now I'm in the protocols for for, for a week. Um, So I will say that I feel like Kobe, um, all these fools who are crying over Kobe, they want to they wanna be Kobe. Y'all ain't trying to be Kobe because, you know, Co- there are Kobe players that would say, I'll play in that bubble as long as I know I can get a championship at the end of it. I think Kobe was one. I think Jordan was another. Astro, LeBron? Maybe, maybe. LeBron maybe. went to the bubble. He actually did it. So we can't no, no, he say. went to the bubble. But I'm saying, like, for this season to be like, could we do, like, some kind of, like, bubbles with hubs, which they're I not doing. Do it. I think LeBron maybe would have done it. He would have been willing to do it potentially. Potentially, no, but there's too many players who want to cry about Kobe who ain't willing to to, to 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 eat somebody else's heart to be a champion, and that's the problem. Jared, I said this before. You know, everybody ain't Kobe. Everybody wasn't Michael Jordan. Everybody wasn't Larry Bird. Everybody wasn't Matt Johnson. Everybody wasn't it's, Troy Aikman. I'm Troy Aikman. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was saying, you know, we lost. You know, it's kind of something because we lost a lot of um, celebrities, a lot of people, a lot of people. 
that people look up to. We lost celebrities that people look up to. Well, Chaz with Bowman during that time. Who else we lose? Um, Sean Connery. So, no, I'm not counting old people, Jared. They're supposed to die. Cicely Tyson. C- uh, Cicely Tyson. Elijah yeah, Cummins. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Pride. Uh, <laughs> not talking about old people. I'm talking about people that, that met their demise before their time. Gertrude and Bernadette. <laughs> was, it, was it before their time or was it their time? Well, you, you always say it's their time, but the you know, technically, technically the average life is what? What, 80 uh, years old now? So they they we lost we lost some some great people before the time so it, it's like you know it, it was it's like the whole year it just started with kobe and then they had the pandemic we was losing people's uh family members like Aaron said we was losing close ones to us mm-hmm. and then we had celebrities on top of it so kobe just that year just started off just what was Something was sad, you know, just in general, just a bad year. So just going back to reflect on it, just like you just all automatically want to go ahead and just erase 2020. That's, I mean, that's the feeling I have. Well, it, it was crazy because after everything went so so sideways, it was like you almost forgot that Kobe even died last year. So that was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I just I feel as though um, I could I could say that you know that that mama mentality everyone be hearkening on. I don't think currently the NBA has a lot of players with mama mentality, even though they want to say they you know studied Kobe and that he was their favorite yeah, player. They want to keep the problem is the they also young, so they, they they it's almost like I got an argument with someone this about this the other day, and they were like, well, it seems like Kobe was more well liked by the guys playing the NBA now than than they like Shaq, right? And I was like, well, that's funny because the people who played with Shaq and during that when it, Kobe and Shaq were still playing. They love Shaq. Shaq was the one that was the beloved figure. I was like, problem is Shaq isn't as relatable to the players now. He try to act like he is or try to be a mentor, but he's awful at it, right? And whereas like Kobe, they <laughs> grew up loving him, worshiping him and how he played, and then he died. It's almost like you get stuck in that legacy, right? And then he died. So for them, they're stuck in, and even when Kobe had his rape trial, they were too young to really understand that now. Like people like Trey Young, who's 19, right? Who was four when the rape trial and all that and Kobe was being an mm-hmm. asshole in the beginning of his career he was too young to recognize that so the Kobe he saw got locked into his head so that's why right you room. see him throwing up two four you got Jamal Murray sitting there crying and shit like yeah. that a lot of these I don't know like why they don't have school. no model mentality because they too busy crying over someone they, they crying right mm-hmm. so that tell you right there and there yeah uh, how about you? Miles? No, they were in the middle school. They were in the middle school. No, some of the, no, no, no. What I'm saying, when, like when he won his titles and really cemented his legacy yeah, as, as a Laker great, as a you know getting to his fifth title, um, they were probably like in elementary, yeah. middle school. You know, so that was yeah, so, super, so super crystallized in. in their mind. Yeah, that's their it's Jordan. I can see and for that. me, it isn't locked in. For me, I remember yeah. he was an asshole. That that's yeah. what's locked into me. Well, I think it just speaks to to the to the to the culture of the NBA currently. And as we kind of transition, and, and I think it's influenced by a lot of things, whether it's, you know, the, the individual branding, the player empowerment movement, or social media, the, the various things that all kind of play in and build off each other to create a different culture around the sport. Um, you can see that. But uh, Kamalski, what about you? What crystallized for you? It's just weird, man, because when it happened, it, it was just strange. And then the fact that it's like a year later and we're talking about it, that's strange in itself, you know, like... Kobe Bryant is dead. Like nobody saw that coming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just out of the blue. Like this dude was like just doing his thing, you know, in his like 
stop him almost like a you know after his retirement and all that and then things just get cut short and yeah you know all these players they could relate to him more than a shack like Aaron said because I mean most of us aren't seven feet tall you know a dude who 5'11 might be able to relate to a six six guard you know or something like that or a slasher or or, you know everybody throw a little little piece of garbage in the house and say Kobe you know but so it's a different effect than the Shaq thing. You know, one minute Shaq is a rapper, next minute he's the police. So it's like <laughs> hard to do that, that. That's a big jump right there. Yeah, yeah. You're a true. sheriff, but then you're MC. Like, Hanging out with <laughs> Steven Seagal too much. Then you're out here selling insurance. But the crazy right? Thing, like he's everywhere. He, he more places than Snoop. <laughs> but the crazy thing is Shaq is more of that everyday man than Kobe was, right? Mm-hmm. Like Kobe wasn't trying to be a mentor. Kobe's more like Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, no, well, no, he, he I'm talking end, about while he's playing. He wasn't while trying he's playing, to do no, shit. But and when he got older, he, he wasn't trying to do that. No, no, when he got older, things were changing, man. He and was, then when he, he was left, no, people could change. I'm not saying they can't. But when Kobe he left basketball, Shaq. when he left basketball, he didn't want to have nothing to do with basketball. He even says himself, he didn't want nothing to do with basketball. Are you talking about the Diesel? Kobe, he didn't want nothing to do oh. with basketball. It's his daughter that kind of brought him back and. And yeah. her interest in players and things like that. And then, you know, then so go, the problem life. with Kobe is Kobe was also, and I have no problem with this, but he also was kind of an elitist, right? Like he only worked with the best players. He didn't want to work with the shitty players. He only worked with the best players. He treated the shittier players like shit. Where Shaq he was wrapped like MJ, his arms man. around, Shaq <laughs> wrapped his arms around the guy, like who were the 20th guy trying out for the team. He would buy him a car and tell oh, him yeah. they could keep it. There's right. no stories. Kobe was an asshole to those lower people. And then, then yeah, Shaq would sleep with their wife. <laughs> he wouldn't get yeah, that document. You keep that card. Uh, Just don't, don't forget I'm about to put this big diesel in her. <laughs> and I'm about to eat sugar. Everybody girl on, on IG is like, man, Shaq is a cunning linguist. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I wasn't going to say that. Hey, I have I'm to tell you this. <laughs> He, uh, he might have done that, but <laughs> <laughs> only just taking the court for that though, Pedro. Man, somebody put on that foochnickens. Because <laughs> see, he did it the wrong way. He did it the wrong way. The court he, for that. Kobe should have went. He should have went down to the bar I went to, picked up on some beautiful white woman instead of doing it in a hotel lobby. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, like I said, I don't have a problem talking about the dead. I don't care if it's a year yeah. later, right? I'll let you grieve, and then once we're done grieving. Because this is my thing, Jared. This is my thing. I want to talk about the complicated life of Kobe Bryant because that's more relatable to me, right? Mm -hmm. People are complicated human beings. We have good, we have bad, right? For everything good we have, we have those things. And that's how we grow and we learn from that. These NBA players ain't got shit to learn about. If we go sit here and only talk about Kobe Mamba Academy and and those those few years he did some shit that was a little more open, I want to talk about him from the start to the end, just like I want to do a Babe Ruth. I want to talk about his whoring around, his things like that, into his greatness on the baseball field. I want to talk about Shaq. I want to talk about everybody that way, because that's who humans are. We're, we're not our worst moment. We're not our best moments, but we're a collection of things. And we, this is what makes us our complications and makes our stories even better. But for some reason, some, with some people, once we die, we forget those stories, right? And we only stick to like good things they had, and then we multiply them by whatever number we feel like multiplying them by and and create that legacy. And to me, the legacy is how I grew from being a shitty person or how I grew from my area or how I did this. Kobe had a, had a complicated legacy of 
being a, a suburban kid who was intellectual, who was in Italy, who came back and was in the white neighborhood and was mad because he wasn't accepted by the black kids when he was on these all-star teams and things like that. He wasn't as accepted as the ones that were from the hood. And that's what drove him, right? That's what drove him. Him and Rip Hamilton was was getting passed by by Tim Thomas. People are saying Tim Thomas was the best one in, out of Philly and this and that, and Jermaine O'Neal. And this is what drove Kobe Bryant when he was an asshole to everybody, when him and Shaq had, when John Sally had to break up fights at Southwest College. This is the legacy. This is what I don't want to exclude. People had like people a love, exclude hate the great stories. And then I sound like an asshole because I want to talk about this. This is how people grow. I think that's I think that's that's important. It's an interesting, it's interesting notes of the of the entire uh, you know piece. You know, you think about like the different instruments that come in, the different notes that are played. It's not just one monotone. And I do agree. A lot of times we just you know it seems like it's all just focusing on the positive. So it's and interesting multiply to talk the about, positives. And yeah, that's it's the interesting to hear the notes and the subtleties of the song that allow the the bigger notes to really sound super powerful and resonate because of those yeah those lower notes or those those mm-hmm. those 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 hidden frequencies that a lot of times we we try and forget or we just get passed over. Aaron uh, mentioned a couple other great black athletes like the uh, Babe Ruth. Yeah, Babe <laughs> Ruth was a beautiful black man. Well, we forget that. Sure was. Um, there he goes. Uh, oh, oh, hold on. What what would Michael B. Jordan do? Kobe. Michael B. Jordan is pitching to write, produce, and direct a Kobe Bryant and star in a Kobe Bryant <laughs> biopic. On the O network, Aaron, what would Michael B. Jordan do? Man, Jerry, I don't, I don't know if I could do this for me. But one is, it's, it's on the old network. I just got fired up about my talking about Kobe legacy. Then you go throw Michael B. Jordan. In. I don't know how I'm supposed to play this, Jerry. The what scene he is reading is in Eagle, Colorado. <laughs> Oh, oh shit. no, 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 yeah. I was Yo, like, man, I can't even say this. I can't even, Jerry, even I know when to stop. Right? Even I know when to stop. Right? I refuse to do this one, Jerry. I will be going too far. You do the Michael B. Jordan on the um on the basketball court. I'll do that one for you. Yeah, yeah. Michael B. Jordan is going one-on-one with Jordan at his first All-Star game. Kobe. <laughs> He's supposed to be playing Kobe and yelling Kobe. That sounds like Michael B. Jordan. Uh, I can do it any better than that. Putty Corner Shoutouts is the segment we end the show on. It's where everyone gets the opportunity to rant, complain, talk about something that is upsetting them, or highlight something positive that's going on in the world that they want to give a positive shout out to. Cutty Corner Shoutouts, Cutty Corner Shoutouts. It's it's Aaron, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? Of course I do. Um, So my Cutty Corner shout out today goes out to um, Food Trends. 
and really necessarily one food trend you know during this whole shutdown i don't know maybe like i said i was talking about being gen x earlier and not saying things if you don't want it to be out there just don't say it at all don't type it don't, type it with thumb. don't do it so for me being gen x is one that you eat what you want to eat you don't get caught in some trend that everybody was doing it right i talked to some former uh partners of mine uh girlfriends i should say who were like oh you know uh, I'm, i've been making sourdough and shit like that and first it was the sourdough food trend it was the whipped coffee food trend for a while then it was the banana bread and so people get caught up in food trends and i'm just like just because everybody's doing it and they're writing about it on the internet putting it on their social media how it's coming out just you don't have to do it if you don't want to do it i don't i'm not mad that they're doing it the thing that I am mad about is what is on its way. It looks like it's on its way becoming a food trend right now. It's just Detroit styled pizza. Detroit style pizza. That got me. I started looking the shit up, not because I want to make it, because I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is Detroit Detroit style pizza. I heard a Chicago style pizza. You know, what's that little part of Italy down below the boot? Sicilian style. Sicilian style. You have these different styles. So I was like, man, what the fuck is Detroit style pizza? I looked it up, man, and it's the most it, it's typical Detroit, right? I was assuming a Detroit style pizza mean you have one of your kids throw a rock through the window and they might have glass on it before you put it in the oven or some shit like that. You know, I was trying to figure it out, right? I'm looking for what the fuck Detroit style pizza. It's a square ass pizza that's in a pan. That it, It's no different, man. It looks like some basil artichoke square pizza that's oh, talking about, man, the edges <laughs> get really crispy because, no, the edges didn't get crispy because of the pan. It got crispy because we in Detroit and it's cold as shit. So we also use an oven to heat our house. Right during winter time. <laughs> That's why the shit crispy because it's burned on the corners. If this shit catches fire, Detroit style pizza, I'm gonna be pissed. Because the only shit that that we should be emulating from Detroit is how to throw rocks at an empty warehouse. Right or two. How to sit there. There's nothing we should emulate from Detroit. I, I, that's the reason I'm stuck with the warehouse and the rock thing. I just don't want this to become a food trend. I'd rather Detroit be trending in the news because they are making better breaks again or some shit like that. Shit like this is the reason why people move to Detroit and be like, oh, I'm going to open myself up a carburetor factory, right? Like, what the fuck are you going to do that for? Why would you bring some square ass burnt pizza and be like, I'm going to trend this shit? So that's my 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 cutting corner shot. I go off the food trends and everybody to hop on board and shit like that, man. Just eat what you want, man. Go out and buy you some pizza. Make some homemade pizza. It don't have to be Detroit style. Like you know, liquor store pizza. Li- li- come on, man. <laughs> I, 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 I thought it was gonna be just like a a piece of toast with some tomato paste spread on it. And and if you if you're really doing well in economic despair, you gotta sprinkle a little bit of cheese on it. <laughs> that's what I thought it was gonna be too, Jared. I was like, pizza. I was like Detroit style pizza is it just bread with like tomato like the one tomato you had on top spread out all you know i originally (laughs) thought it was just gonna be like some pizza bread with some ketchup on it (laughs) pedro do you have a cutty corner shout out yeah my cutty corner shout out goes to hiring coaches okay especially in philadelphia uh, what's the what's the coach name there, Jared? Help Nick, me out. Nick Siriano or something like that. Siriani. No, no, no. I take that back. Uh, Philadelphia and Detroit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dan Campbell. <laughs> Dan, Dan Campbell and Nick some something something something. Soriani. Soriani. Um, yeah. And if this is the brightest minds that you guys can come up with, uh, NFL, when you have all these black coaches out here that actually prove they're in the they're in the championship games they're in the super bowl 
You have all these assistant coaches that are in championship games in Super Bowls, and you pick two of the goofiest white people that you can find to lead your team uh, into the future. And then one of what? Who got the long contract, Jerry? Can you help me out? Was it Dan Campbell? Got the six-year contract? I think it was Dan Campbell. Yeah. Okay, he got a six-year contract to to be a cheerleader. How about there's there's people that have jobs for that. There are cheerleaders. They're females, and they cheer the squad. You just should have put them out there. Let's go team. Probably do a better job. Yeah, do a better job. Definitely would do a better team. Come on, guys. Let's get in there. Let's punch them in the face. Let's bite them on the knees. Let's pat them on the ass. No. No, see, we need X's on. These are grown men you're coaching. This is this this is how the game, this is how the how racism is continued. I don't know if they're mad because Trump lost. I, I don't know what it is, but you obviously see this that Rooney rule is bullshit. These guys out here actually hiring straight 1981 buffoons to lead their man. You got you got these guys out here. You got a coach in Philadelphia that's talking about he's gonna simplify the playbook until where he's running Tecmo Bowl plays that you've never seen before. Just don't <laughs> press B, or A, down, up, left, right, select. Just don't do none of that, and you won't want what we're doing. You're not going to figure us out. You're going to be this new offense that Tecmo Bowl has never seen before. <laughs> it's going to be so simplified, the school of the blind cannot stop it. <laughs> okay. So if if that you're putting million-dollar athletes in that type of uh, situation, and you're looking for results, you're looking for winning results, bitch, please. Volsky, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? All right, I wanna give a shout out to all these uh, newfound financial experts that keep popping up on the internet. Look, man, it's great, you know, folks be getting a chance to make all this money through all the crazy stock things that's happening and all that, you know. But even before this, they, they've been out there on, on online doing a whole lot. So all you folks that went to UC, YouTube, and, and College of Reddit, and y'all claim that y'all know so much about finance and business, you need to just sit your ass down. First of all, you got these, other, you got these fools out here talking about what you need to do is get you a LLC. And then what do they say after that? Nothing. They don't even, what do you do with the LLC? Do you have a, do, do, do you have a, what is the business? Are you selling nachos or what are you doing? It's just simply get to an LLC and then move on from there. And, and then all these people follow them and, and, and act like, you know, this guy is the guru. And now you got all these stock market people who, I'm not mad at the people that's in, that's involved in all this right now getting getting the, the hedge fund people angry and all that, but it's the people on the sideline who are all like, man, don't have too much fun because when you make money in the stock market, you got to pay extra taxes. Shut your ass up. Ain't nobody worried about a little 500 funky dollars I just made in the stock market from this <laughs> bullshit. You, you, don't, you don't start discouraging people when they say, hey, man, I just got an extra job. You don't be like, man, be careful with that job you just got over there at McDonald's, man. Cause you know, you're gonna have to pay more taxes in addition to your other job. You don't be saying that shit, shut your ass up. Let people get money and just be quiet. So yeah, all you newfound financial experts, 
kiss my black ass. All right, I'm not trying to hear y'all. You guys are just as bad as the newfound history buffs who want to tell black people how we supposed to live and which politician is more racist than the other. Sit your funky ass down. You didn't even like school, but now you know everything. The Democratic Party used to be the Republican Party. Shut your ass up. None of us was invited to the party. <laughs> I'm done. My Cuddy Corner shout out goes out to Jake Paul. Yeah, you just signed up to fight a guy named Ben Askren, a former MMA fighter, uh, or MMA fighter. However, this MMA fighter is not known for his boxing skills. In fact, he's best known for being a grappler who simply just wrestles you to death and doesn't allow you to get up off the mat. So in signing a contract to fight somebody in a boxing match, you're fighting another person who really does not know how to throw them hands. The best thing he's known for is the grappling and also being kneed in the head and knocked out faster than any fighter in UFC history. You could have fought the guy who kneed him in the head, Jorge Masvidal. He's got some hands, and people seem to be following him pretty well before he started doing all his MAGA shit. But aside from that, like he 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 took over 2019. He'd be a name that would make you money, but no, you don't want to fight him. You don't want to fight somebody who actually got hands. The only one you want to fight that actually had, might have some hands was Conor McGregor because you knew that was the big bucks. Now you said, oh, I can't get McGregor. Now I'm going to fight some dude that I know I could probably punch in the face more easily than he could punch me in the face because he's a wrestler who don't know how to throw hands. So until you start actually really trying to fight and sign these fights, sign a deal to fight somebody that can't throw hands, shut your dumb ass up. I'm tired of hearing you on Snapchat or YouTube or Facebook, wherever they keep talking about what you said next and all the stupid shit that you're doing to try and get attention around you trying to fight Conor McGregor. Uh, I don't want to hear it until you actually sign a fight against somebody who can actually throw a little bit of hands. Okay, you beat up a basketball player who I thought because of athletic ability might have a chance, which I was wrong. You embarrassed him for the culture. And then you're going to fight a dude who looks like he should be, you know what I'm saying, playing Michael Sarah st stunt double out of a 2008 movie. Come on, okay? man, Michael Sarah stunt double. And, and you're going to be like, oh, man, I beat up an MMA fighter. What the fuck is wrong with you? Well, they Maybe he's, he's waiting to establish an LLC first. <laughs> Get you an LLC.com. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's what one. you should do. You can reach me at moskywalski <laughs> at llc.com. Is that how we help you set up your LLC? Well, that hey, is our show, my friends. Hey, hey, Ma, hey, can somebody help me with my LLC for real, though? We can talk to you after the show. Uh, Paul, 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 Paul is a financial uh, he's a financial analyst, so he could definitely... You know what I mean? uh, like 50% of that? <laughs> oh, he's uh, a financial uh, advisor what, and spiritual advisor. Yeah. <laughs> like, you want to also make sure you pay your tithes, right? So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you pay my tithes. Tell to me the, how to do that. And to the church of Paul Street. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Well, that is our show, my friends. Um, any final words you guys like to say to, to our fans out there before we head on out? Financial shaman. <laughs> Come on, man. Financial shaman. Uh, fans, uh, yeah, man, uh, just keep listening. That's all I got to say. Uh, I'm happy to have Paul on. Thank you for coming on. Mosky Mosky. I don't think you've been on since before. The, uh, you guys both were on like right before the shutdown. Paul was on in Jan last January. I think Kamal was on it in, in uh, March, right, two weeks before the shutdown. Yeah, he was on our uh, on our St. Paddy's Day. On our St. Paddy's Day, it took place two weeks before St. Paddy's Day. You guys have never recovered. Nope, we haven't recovered <laughs> on St. Paddy's Day. We ruined a bunch of good beers that day. 
when this comes out, Jared will not be putting uh, government names <laughs> in the description. You, you hope that. he won't, because Jared has yeah. a tendency to act like I do a good promise. job of keeping those separate, and then Jared comes along and ruins my Google searches. <laughs> <laughs> Any final words, Pedro? Uh, yeah, I want to uh, give a shout out to uh, a famous underground group. People under the stairs, one of the members, the founder members of it, uh, Devil K, had passed away earlier this morning. Uh, just want to give them a shout out. Uh, they made the very famous song, Warm San Francisco Nights. You guys should go check them out. Really good group. Uh, they've been in LA. It was an LA based group, made a lot of good underground music. And shoot, y'all, you guys know about them. Y'all college folks. Did a lot, they did the college circuit all, all over. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just shout out to Double K. Okay. Paul, any any final words? Hey, together is strong. Hold on to those game stops. AMC to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Mom's and if you didn't learn nothing today, remember, get you a LLC. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Kamal, for educating us. Thank you, Paul, for educating us. I have uh, glasses and a pen. That means you. I know yeah. what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to our show. If you need any financial advice, check out Paul Street Bets and Mosky's Ministries of Finance. Check out all of us. I mean, we all have PayPal, Zelle, Venmo, send deposits. Nick's check cashing And we'll figure it out later for you. But just send it. You you trust the A's with your money? You can trust us. Um, Aside from that, thank you for listening to to our show. Stay healthy, stay blessed. And we will leave you with this. We're going to start off with a game of Crackhead Coon or colonizer. I'm gonna give you a name of somebody and you have to tell me whether they're a crackhead, a coon, or a colonizer. Okay, any questions on that? Yes, Paul. A coon. What's that mean? <laughs> uh, um, when you think of me. That was oh my I was just about to say, you're looking at one in the top left corner, Paul. I'll give you, I'll give you another example, uh, Paul. Ted Cruz. That's a white coon. That's a white coon. So we'll start with Roger Stone. He's a Krakenizer. <laughs> okay. Roger Stone. Aaron. Crackhead, coon, or colonizer? I'm gonna go with the coon on that. I mean, I mean, I mean, a colonizer on that one. Excuse me, I'm so used to saying coon around. Colonizer, <laughs> that's my choice. All right, all right. Um, Pietro, Roger Stone, crackhead, coon, or colonizer? I'm gonna go with crackhead. Most... Does anybody get a tattoo? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Say, anybody say gets that. a tattoo of the ugliest man in the world? You <laughs> got to be doing something. <laughs> what a spot for that tattoo, though. Yeah. yeah. Classic, classic, classic location. Let's go to Mosky, Roger Stone, Crackhead, Coon, or Colonizer. After you showed us that shirtless pick, it's obviously a crackhead, but 
there's big colonizer energy coming from over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which one are you going to do? Colonizer. <laughs> and Paul, Roger Stone, Crackhead, Coon, or Colonizer? Ooh. Uh, I'm just going to say Coon. <laughs> I was right. thinking I should have said I should have said Coon. Roger Stone is a coon. I knew. Yeah, you're right. Bro. With this dude. He is cooning yeah. out for the cause. He, <laughs> he, he, he denied systemic racism uh, and is just doing the classic good old boy white man uh, uh, di- uh, song and dance. Shout out to his cooning and his dis- disruption politically. <laughs>